The Oklahoma City Thunder fell to the Sacramento Kings in the in-season tournament. What went wrong for OKC in this game? What were the rotations like for the Thunder? And how can they course correct after tonight? All coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder falling to the Sacramento Kings. What went wrong in this game episode number six of the week so a bit of a shorter one we're gonna of course be back after the uh, Suns game on Sunday to recap that game as well but in this game the Thunder faced off with the Kings and the Kings did not have De'Aaron Fox and the Kings are in the midst of a a really bad stretch of basketball uh, where they've lost you know to to the Rockets twice and uh, they they just did not look good to this point without uh without De'Aaron Fox. But then whenever you uh, whenever you get into this game, the Kings were just the uh, more more hungry team, more energetic team, uh, and they had a lot of different guys step up. I mean, Kevin Herter was huge in this game. Of course, Sabonis was big. Keegan Murray was big. Uh, and, and even Keon Ellis. Like, Keon Ellis, uh, he, did not, he did not, like, fill it up as a score, but he was a really, really good defender uh, in this game for the Kings. Malik Monk was really big for them. They came into this game struggling a lot and really just not, not like having the identity that they needed to after losing Fox uh, with, with, with the injury. But tonight they got back on track and they were able to beat the Thunder. And I think that part of that was because the Thunder just uh, did not match their energy and did not match uh, that kind of uh, effort level in the beginning portion of the game. And then whenever you whenever you don't come out of the gate matching the energy level, it's hard to it's hard to get back to that. It's hard to, you know, it's hard to go and equal it out, right? It's hard to play catch up in that category. So for OKC, this was a game where, look, I, I thought that there'd be no issue. So I was wrong on this one. I thought there was going to be no issue with in-season tournament games, I thought they'd be really excited about it. I thought they'd kind of get get excited and, and get kind of more juiced up. And, and even Mark talked about how uh, these in-season tournament games were, were going to represent something uh, different and, and better for this young Thunder team as a as a, as a benchmark and serve as, a, as like a test. And even though this was an in-season tournament game, even though this was a, a big game, the Thunder just didn't show up for the majority of the night tonight against Sacramento. And it's, it's tough because in the grand scheme of things, right, you had the opportunity to get your first win in the Western Conference, your first win in pool play of the in-season tournament game. Uh, but more importantly, you know, this is a very, you know, this is a very good Western Conference team. And whenever Fox is healthy, they're going to get back on track. And whenever they get back on track, they're going to end up being a, a good team. They were a top four team last year in the West. 
uh, and they have a they have an incredible home court advantage. So you have the opportunity to go steal one in Sacramento, and we we see how important stealing games are, and and, and we know that the the standings are going to be separated by less than a game all the way through. It's going to be a wild standings finish and a wild, um, you know, a wild standings kind of separator between seeds and who's in and who's out of the, even the play in much less the playoffs. And you could have got a, got a big win and, and stolen one Sacramento whenever you were presented a really good opportunity. And, and so it, it's, it's tough because right. We, we put a lot of focus on the, the games back and everything and like in March, but if you're one game back in March, this one game could have been, it could have been in November as well that you picked up the game and they just did not play up to, up to that standard and up to the, the focus of, um, of, of trying to beat Sacramento, especially taking advantage of Aaron Fox, not playing. And, and then you look at the schedule coming up and it gets even, even harder, right? The, the, the schedule is, is in the midst of a really tough stretch for OKC. So they've already played the Warriors uh, in, the, in their first in-season tournament game. They played the Hawks and the Cavs, and they were able to get two wins there. Then they lost to the Kings. Now you play the Suns on Sunday. That's the conclusion of your first 10 games of this season. And so you're hoping to knock off the Suns, but that's going to be a tall task on the road on Sunday. Then you come back home for one game against Victor Minyama and the, and the Spurs who, you know, do not die. Like the Spurs are not a rollover team, even though on paper uh, they're not the most talented team. They're not going to just roll over. You've seen them put up a great fight against those Suns, against other good teams in the NBA. So like this is going to be a very tough stretch where the Thunder are going to have to figure out how to kick it back in gear effort-wise and energy-wise and uh, try to, to just play better than they played in this one. But I thought mainly it was about kind of that effort and, and, and energy because ultimately when, when you go and watch it, a lot of the times whenever stuff didn't work tonight against Sacramento, the process was was fine. Like, like you know, they missed a couple open threes, like wide open threes. They missed a couple shots around the rim where typically uh, you're going to make. And, and it was just a tough night to have nobody besides Shea like have it like nobody besides Shea have a really uh, excellent game and Josh Giddy was a more efficient score in this one he scored at a 60 percent clip uh, and he messed up a couple drives but ultimately you look at his game six for ten in this game and he was kind of uh, he kind of did a floater that kind of shied away so like that was one of his misses uh, another one was misses where it was whenever he picked up his ball the, the ball too soon and was a little bit too far out from the from the basket and had to try to score a layup over Keon Ellis and it just did not work out. There's another one of his misses, but like even with those, he scored he scored at a 60% clip from the floor and scored 13 points, four rebounds, five assists, four turnovers though. So like it's the turnover issue, it's the rebounding issue where like you're used to seeing Josh Giddy get really high up there and rebound numbers. Uh, especially for a guard. And tonight, nobody had double-digit rebounds, uh, and the turnovers were a bit of an issue for OKC. They turned the ball over 16 times, uh, whereas the Kings turned it over 17 times. But the Kings were all able to clean up the glass and have a much better night cleaning up the glass, 52 rebounds to 38. So not much you can do. You're not going to win many games like that. And when you look up and down this this ledger, 
there's not many games that you want to truly highlight. I think that Chet Holmgren was um, better than his box score shows, but it was a very tough matchup. You know, Sabonis is a tough matchup because of the ways that he is able to score and the ways he's able to defend. Uh, but ultimately, I thought Chet was was pretty good in this one. J-Dub, he had some nice defensive moments, and then he was able to just score outside of not having the three ball working. He was able to score inside the arc. Uh, Lou Dort, two for three from three, and, and the defense that he provides, you know, three steals and a block. I'll, I'll take that from Lou Dort. The most interesting thing, though, was the rotations. And I, I don't know. We'll talk about the rotations coming up. I don't really know. I would be interested to kind of get more into why the rotations fell the way that they did in this game specifically. We'll talk more about that coming up. But first, what to say right now, but your friends over at Game Time, folks. Game Time is great. You can go there right now to Game Time. Use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. And Game Time is just awesome. And so the reason why it's awesome is you get the lowest prices guaranteed. So whenever you are just looking at the NBA schedule coming up, if you want to go to a Thunder game, you can wait for the last-minute tickets and get the lowest prices guaranteed. They even has have flash deals, zone deals. You can find any ticket for any kind of event in your area, from concerts to theater, the NBA, the NHL, whatever is in your area, you can find on game time. So go there right now. They have price guarantee, uh, lowest price guarantee. They have event cancellation protection. They even have job loss protection for you. So go check it out today because you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to the most biggest events. You, you want to get the best prices, and game time can deliver that for you. And they also give you a view from your seat. So you know exactly what you're signing up for when you're purchasing these tickets, which is a really good avenue, uh, especially if you're going to go to a, a venue where you've never been before, you've never kind of uh, experienced before. You can actually see what you're getting into at game time before you buy. So check it out today by downloading the game time app, creating an account. And whenever you do use code locked NBA for $20 off your first purchase terms and conditions apply. Again, create your account, redeem code locked NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download the game time app today to get started. Lowest prices guaranteed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Look, this is, of course, the bonus pod, so it's not going to be as long as a normal podcast, but the rotations tonight were were interesting, to say the least. Uh, Lindy Waters had 19 minutes, and I think that Lindy Waters in general – was like an overblown portion of this, but what's not an overblown portion portion of this is Wiggins getting a DNP. Like, like Lindy Waters. Okay, played. Let's let's address Lindy Waters first because a lot of you are very upset with Lindy Waters minutes. Lindy Waters played 19 minutes. He played really good defense for for the Thunder. Like he is a he's a much improved defender from where he started at in the NBA to now. He's he's a serviceable and really I'd say above average defender for his role uh, in the NBA now. The issue with Lindy Waters is. He is he is treated as though he's this sharp shooter by everyone but the opposing defense and also by everyone but the stat sheet. Uh, he is a sharp shooter in theory. He's not a sharp shooter. He's not a three point shooter. He doesn't even uh, you know take and, and hunt three point shots either. He goes over two tonight uh, in 19 minutes. He only said he only shoots two three pointers. And whenever he does shoot them, he shoots them at a 36 percent clip. You know I, I know that he's you know from Norman and 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 from Oklahoma State. 
Uh, that's just not as like he's not a sharpshooter. And so if you're if you're a sharpshooter who is going to be tasked with shooting and you can only shoot at a 36% clip, that's not very good. And, and so defensively, he's made really good strides. But ultimately, my biggest thing is not like playing Lady Waters. Period. It, it's that it's that no matter what you want to do, no matter how you want to explore this roster, if Aaron Wiggins is healthy, he has to have his numbers and his minutes etched in stone. There is no matchup where it's a bad matchup for Aaron Wiggins. There is no team where it's a bad team to play Aaron Wiggins. There's no game where Aaron Wiggins is just not going to be able to impact the game. Aaron Wiggins could have impacted the game uh, at worst at this 19-minute clip from Lindy Waters, but in all likelihood, a lot better than Lindy Waters could have in this game. And so uh, I, I think that you even look at Usman Jang. And Usman Jang got seven minutes tonight, and, and he went 0 for 1 on this kind of shot-creating three that, that he took. But – I think Usman Jang is a better defender than Lindy Waters. I think he's a better playmaker than Lindy Waters. I think he's a better uh, offensive weapon than, than Lindy Waters. Of course, uh, Lindy Waters shoots 36% from three, but that's still not like this vaunted this vaunted clip. But my, my biggest thing with the rotations, I know the rotations were huge tonight for the fan base. Starting five, of course, you're going to have your starting five that they're going to play. Aaron Wiggins has to play. Every single night that he is healthy, he has to play a sizable amount off the bench. Kenrich Williams, whenever he's healthy, has to play every single night a sizable amount off the bench. Kaysen Wallace, every single night that he is healthy, he has to play a sizable amount off the bench. Isaiah Joe, every single night that he is healthy, he has to play off the bench. Now, past that, you can get into, into, some, into some funky town territory where, where maybe it's a, it's a really good J-Will matchup. Maybe it's a really good uh, Usman matchup. Maybe it's a really good uh, – maybe you think Lady Waters can help, Right. Past that, you know, but you have to lock in Aaron Wiggins. Like, Aaron Wiggins cannot get a DNPCD game. It, that, the, the days of exploring the roster to the point where Aaron Wiggins doesn't play is over to me. I mean, that is the one thing where I will gripe with, with what, what is happening because we've explored the roster pretty well in Oklahoma City, right? You've seen the, the Thunder uh, explore this roster and – at every turn that we've explored the roster that, that, that the company line has been, Wiggins has proven to be one of the best players on the roster. And so at some point, you've got to play him. Now, I, I'm, I'm not upset about anyone else's DNPCD because I can at least understand it, right? So let's, let's take those DNPs real quick before we cycle back to Wiggins and, and Lindy. So Mitch's DNPCD. I know people are upset about that. Every time Bertans gets a DNPCD, the the, the – the elder crowd is upset about that because of, of him. He's a veteran, gets paid a lot, and he can shoot. Look, the Thunder limited the Kings to 105 points tonight. There is no way in the world that the Thunder could have limited the Thunder to, I mean, it could have limited the Kings to 105 points tonight if you play Bertans, if you play Mijic. And so when the Thunder didn't have it offensively and they were not uh, executing well on that end of the floor, they could at least hang their hat on they were playing good defense and it was limiting the Kings. In the modern NBA, to hold you to 105, that's a really good night. And you cannot do that with Mitchich. You cannot do that with Pecans. They are just not there defensively. And, and Mitchich himself has like stated he is not a good defender in the NBA. He doesn't. He is adjusting to how they play defense here and how uh, to to find out you know how to to carve out a role for himself on the defensive end because it's just not it right now for him defensively. So those two DMP CDs. I, I, I get. I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna gripe with those. Uh, Alexei, Alexei Pokushevsky, 
you know, I would imagine he's not ramped up yet from that injury. Uh, I, I would imagine that, you know, if you're not going to play him, though, you're going to send him to the blue whenever they return home this upcoming week on Monday and Wednesday. But when you look at the rotations, I personally just do not understand how Wiggins is not a lock in that rotation. He provides whatever you think Lindy Waters provides, he provides it and more. And it's no offense to Lindy Waters, but Lindy Waters plays the exact same way in the G League that he plays in the NBA. So there's there is no element where you saw Lindy Waters do something somewhere else and thought, huh, maybe this will translate. And there's no real element of development for Lindy Waters. And it's not even necessarily that Lindy Waters got any minutes. I'm not saying never play Lindy Waters. But he, no one should be getting minutes over Ian Wiggins on this bench. There's nobody besides Kendrick Williams uh, that should be getting minutes over Aaron Wiggins on this bench. And you can throw in Case and, and Joe, but that's like a collective group that should be playing all the time. All the time for OKC. Because it's one thing to want to explore the roster. I've been totally with that thought process. And I've, and I've been saying all along on this show that they're going to continue to do that. And that uh, this is still a young team that's primarily focused on development. You are not developing anything in 19 minutes of Lindy Waters. You are not finding out anything new in 19 minutes of Lindy Waters. You know what Lindy Waters is. He's a he's a really nice defender, and he's a 36% shooter from three. That that's what he is. That's what he's always going to be. Like that's Lindy Waters' game. So you can live with that, right? And you can find him minutes. If he would have played an Usman Jang allotment of minutes of seven minutes, I'd be totally fine with this. I, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't have even brought it up. But 19 minutes, there's nothing more to explore with Lindy Waters. There's nothing more to 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 look for. Now, especially whenever, like I said, he hasn't gone to the G League yet this year uh, and been played for the Blue. That was their first game Friday. He, of course, was in the game Friday versus Sacramento. It, it wasn't as though he was like showing off. Some some huge advancements in the G League, and you said, "Huh, I, I wonder if you can do that in the NBA." And then you gave him the opportunity to try it. That's not the case at all here. I, I don't really know what you're looking for in Lindy Waters. And, and to be clear, again, this is not a Lindy Waters should have played zero minutes or never even call Lindy's number off the bench, but he shouldn't have played 19. There, there's got to be a balance there to me. And, and, and Wiggins shouldn't have played zero. <laughs> so when you look at this this roster, like it's just. It's interesting that in a night where, in a night where you lacked energy, in a night where you and Jordan Lee didn't have it offensively for the most part, Wiggins, who is a huge energy spark and has shown that he can be a, a really, really, really highly complimentary offensive weapon, doesn't get any run at all. But who knows? Maybe maybe Wiggins is is you know maybe there's a reason for like why Wiggins specifically wasn't able to play in this game, but. From everything that we know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense that Wiggins did not play. So I, I would have liked to see like Wiggins swap the minutes with Lindy, like so, like put Wiggins' 19 minutes for for Lindy, and then and then even put Lindy's minutes down to seven and put Usman Jang as a DNP CD. I would have been fine with that, but it's just it's just tough to to sell me on the fact that Wiggins is not one of the the better bench players on this team because we've seen it be proven, uh, but. Um, they wanted to try Lindy. Uh, Mark even said after the game that they were looking for an opportunity to get uh, Lindy Waters some some uh, run, and they used this matchup as as the opportunity to. I'd be curious to, to kind of see why this was the matchup. Like like, what about the Kings' defense? Did did it 
did it dictate that like, hey, this would be a good opportunity for him? Maybe it was just maybe it was more of a defensive thing. Like Lindy is a really good defender and a really good um, like wing defender as a as a kind of off ball defender. And the Kings had a lot of off ball guys because they didn't have Fox and didn't have uh, many guys who can exploit you off the dribble. Maybe that was a, a portion of this too. But you know, Lindy Waters, it is what it is with Lindy Waters. And again, I think that he can play seven minutes in a few games here and there. And, and it's obvious that Mark trusts him because they played him all down the stretch last year uh, in really important games they played him. Uh, but in those important games, you saw what I said. He, he, he's an improved defender and he shoots 36% from the rate. Like that was not that was not going to turn the tides in this game. So I think it was a pre-planned thing to, to just get him an opportunity in this game. And it just didn't work. And at the end of the day, uh, while it could be frustrating, of course it is frustrating, obviously for me to not see Wiggins playing. But uh, at the end of the day, it's 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 game nine, uh, game ten is is Sunday, and this is a a marathon of a season, and it's not a sprint. And so the rotations will heavily change by the time we get to uh, you know February, March, April, and we'll see where they level off at right now. But this is the first game where yeah, I left I left scratching my head a little bit. Because even like Trey Mann would have provided at least a different element than you're used to. But I don't I, – I, I can't really begrudge like the DMP CDs for anyone else but Wiggins. Because like Mitchich and Bertans would not have allowed you to play this way defensively. Uh, it's it's clear, by the way, that they're not using him, that Poku is just not ready to play. He's not ramped up to play off of that injury. Uh, so like he's just a non-factor. But Wiggins, he, he could have really helped in this one. Especially in a game where, you know, you drop it 105 to 98 and you make that that huge third-quarter comeback – um, to, to head into the fourth quarter, only down, was it, four or five points? And that's another example of, like, last year we saw this, right? Last year we saw Wiggins get a DMP CD all the way through the first three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter he comes in and helps the Thunder win a game. Like, he could have done the same thing in this one tonight. Uh, so it's just like – it's just the the leaving the leash of, of Lindy Waters on there that was kind of interesting – I don't think that Lindy Waters played bad. I don't think that Lindy Waters is the reason that the, that the Thunder lost. I thought he was one of their better defenders uh, in the in team concept of things. Like, Lindy Waters did not play bad. He went over 2 had a couple of nice assists. It's just the principle of, like, playing Lindy Waters 19 minutes over playing Wiggins 0 minutes. It's not necessarily uh, this game specifically. It's just the overall principle of the matter for me. That, that was kind of off. Uh, but uh, there it is, the rotation talk, and we've now gone uh, 20 minutes. But – there you have it. The Thunder fall to the Kings. The Kings once led by 17 points. I believe that was all in that third quarter and then uh, – or all in that first half. And then the third quarter, fourth quarter, the Thunder got it all the way back down to like five or four. And then they just never could take the lead. No lead changes. One time's tied. And the Kings went wire to wire for a 105-98 to 98 win. Thunder shot 44, 23% from three and 81%. I think that that is the biggest issue – for OKC. Now the, now the Kings only shot 27% from three, but the OKC has been, you know, one of the best teams in the NBA shooting threes. That's obviously not going to sustain over the course of the season, but it's also not going to plummet all the way down to 23. So whenever you get outboarded 52 to 38, and whenever you shoot 23% from three, you're just not going to win. So all the other stuff that we can get hyper-focused on of like rotations and everything else, it doesn't matter whenever that's the result. It doesn't matter whenever that's the result. Whenever you give up, uh, you know, 23 second chance points to your six whenever, you know, the, the, the fast break points 
is 13 to 11. That's huge for OKC. I think that the fast break points are where they make their bread and butter. And anytime you lose the fast break points, you, you'd find that they're not going to win many of those games whenever they whenever they get out fast broken, out fast breaked, out fast brutuk. So shout out SGA. He was really good. Uh, SGA was awesome. What uh, had a 56% clip from the floor uh, for 33 points, seven rebounds. Six assists, two steals, two blocks. Uh, he really was hitting some tough shots. He was really improved as a playmaker early on in this game too, where he had a lot of potential assists that just uh, didn't get get cashed in. But these games happen. It, it doesn't it doesn't truly um, define anything, and and I don't think any differently of anyone on the roster or of Mark after this game. But uh, I just would prefer that Lindy Waters played. I mean, I'm sorry, I would prefer that uh, Aaron Wiggins played more and played a minute in this game. But uh, there's always a method to the madness. Uh, I'm not going to uh, pretend that I'm smarter than a NBA head coach who finished second in Coach of the Year award, but I'm an undefeated upwards head coach. So uh, put that on my resume in case you want any consults from me, Mark Dignall, of uh, what I would do. I'd run floppy a lot, so you can uh, decide to do that if you want to. But until Sunday night, be good and be good to one another.